You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, football fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, the Thursday edition of the show, hosted by yours truly, Jake Lisko, and my co-host, Ryan Tracy. Today, we've got some schedule tidbits to talk about. As we record this, Ryan, week one of the NFL schedule has been officially released, and most of the rest of the schedule has been leaked, as seems to happen on schedule release day as a rule, more than an exception at this point. But before we get into the schedule, there are some actual pieces of football news that we should get into. We'll start there. Today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Ryan, let's get started with the minor news or in some cases major news. I guess depending on the team, depending on the perspective. For Penny mm-hmm. Sewell, certainly major news. He's tested positive for COVID-19 and will miss Lions minicamp. Now, young guy, so certainly you hope that the positive outcomes for young individuals who have COVID-19 remains true for him. But for the Lions, this is something that they have to watch. For Lions fans and the team, their number seven pick they were ecstatic to get at that point in the draft has a little bit of a setback here early in his career, but hopefully this isn't too big of a deal for Mr. Sewell. No, you're right. And it's it's unfortunate, but in, in today's world, if you're not vaccinated yet, you're always running the risk. There's always a possibility, right? And so better now than in July, right? So I'll take it. It's unfortunate. You'd like to see him get off on a start, get with his teammates, figure out who his guard's going to be and actually, you know, know his name. You'll get to that, I'm sure. And, um, you know, all the, the knee biting will come after that. I think he's going to be just fine in the long run. Definitely not allowed to do any sort of knee biting when you are contagious with COVID-19. So you're right. That will have to wait. Absolutely. Wishing him all the best in his recovery from COVID-19. The next bit of news that we're going to talk about is certainly more minor. It's more on the minor side of the scale. The Packers have signed Blake Bortles. He will join backup Tim Boyle behind Jordan Love and for now Aaron Rodgers this supposedly is a camp move a depth move certainly but I mean Aaron Rodgers man this this gives (laughs) us more fuel for the fire more more for the drama in the Aaron Rodgers saga that is just dragging on at this point with no real tangible answer clearly in sight I'll take cover your bases for 200. You know what I mean? Like, you don't know what's going to happen. There's a lot of bluster still at this point. I think there's going to be some back and forth still to be had, but why not get somebody that you feel can be at least, I don't know that you want to put Bortles on the field, but you certainly can't have, find a negative for him in the film room, um, helping a young quarterback who, if he is pressed into service, is going to need the other guys in the QB room to help him out, do some work with him, get in the film, uh, you know, Hey, I don't read too much into it, but it's, it's good to have him there. 
I guess I don't know much about Tim Boyle, and I would need to hear from Packers fans if there's any confidence in Boyle as a backup that you might need to rely on. Say Jordan Love is actually good. So say there's this hypothetical situation where Aaron Rodgers gets traded despite reports happening on Tuesday that the Packers made him a significant long-term offer. We don't know what the reception of that offer was yet, but say he gets traded after all this, and Jordan Love steps in and he starts, and say he's good. The Packers don't miss a beat. They're winning games. And and then he gets hurt for a game or two. You know, like he, he has a fracture in his pinky. He can't grip a football, but it takes a couple weeks. Then he's back and he's fine. Is Tim Boyle the guy they want? So, so yeah, that's where the cover your bases. And I love the repeated Jeopardy jokes that we'll be able to make about this forever. Uh, that, that's where it comes up for Blake Bortles. At least he has experience playing. I mean, he's played certainly more games than Tim Boyle has. So right. there's that in his favor. Yeah. Yeah. You can't really go wrong there. Right. I, I don't, I think if the trade actually happens, I don't think that that QB room is complete at that point. You're probably looking for another acquisition, possibly in a trade at that point. Cause if you do get the Aaron Rodgers trade done, you have to think that you're going to bring in such a haul in draft capital that you could then go trade for a quality backup from somewhere else in the league. I think there's a couple of options out there, teams that have a pretty full room. So let's see what the timing comes down to and if they can get that done. That's an interesting point to think about too. Because when I think about the return of the trade, I'm always thinking like, oh, they're just going to use that to make sure that they're in position next year to get whatever QB it is in the 2022 draft. Last piece of news that was fairly noteworthy on Wednesday, Zayvon Collins apparently has displaced Jordan Hicks in the desert. The Arizona Cardinals giving the former starting linebacker permission to seek a trade. And I was surprised that this was as big a story as it was, but it got airtime on NFL Network. And I guess this is where we're at in the offseason cycle. Outside of the schedule on Wednesday, Jordan Hicks, Blake Bortles, and uh, Penny Sewell's COVID test, the news of the day. Yeah, it's uh, it's getting thin, right? Um, I will not be surprised if next year the schedule release moves back a few weeks to try and keep that that ebb and flow, keep the NFL at the top of the sports world a little bit longer. But uh, Jordan Hicks clearly hasn't had, I think, the upswing or, or, quite frankly, a little bit of a downswing when he got to Arizona. Um, obviously, when you make a selection like Zayden Collins and you put that kind of capital into it, you want to get him on the field. It feels a little bit early after... I think Arizona is one of the teams that has had their rookies in so far. So you got a glimpse of them, but really you're going to let that go already. It seems a little premature to be allowing talent to walk out of there when you're not 100% ready. I mean, maybe training camp, you work that trade or allow that to happen. And maybe it's just an investigation at this point. But I think at the end of the day, he's a veteran with experience. Um, he can play in a couple of different systems, in my opinion. And anybody who really is thin in terms of veteran depth at their LB core, Maybe they want to take a shot at it. It's not an outrageous contract. Yeah, and I wonder what the return would be that Arizona's looking for because it's not like linebacker is a highly coveted position for most teams in the NFL. Obviously, there are some exceptions here, but he has played over 2,000 snaps in the last two seasons. He's played a ton of football for the Arizona Cardinals. PFF hasn't particularly liked him. Not that PFF is remotely close to the be-all, end-all, but if you're looking for just a grading system. You can see why he might've been a coveted free agent linebacker going out of Philly a couple years ago and then started to have some tackling issues a little bit. 
and the coverage that he showed off and was coveted for coming out of Philly didn't translate, at least as far as PFF is concerned. Not, again, that PFF is a be-all, end-all there. So we'll be interested to see if there is a market here or if this is just a slow news day story for (laughs) Ian Rappaport as this progresses. But that's it for NFL-related news stories today. Besides the big one, the schedule is out. We're going to talk about some of the Week 1 matchups. Those came out earliest on Wednesday, coming up next. The chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics versus us do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they're reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing their prices based on whims like the airlines do. RockAuto.com is for everybody and does not require a membership or an account login. RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The RockAuto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at RockAuto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend twice the money for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com now to see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in there, how did you hear about us box, so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. One thing we do know for sure as we record this, because we are a little bit ahead of the official release of everything, but we have week one. And what stands out to me is you take. What was a pretty good story in the comeback of Tom Brady and getting a new team and winning a championship. Congratulations. Now, you don't get to stay at home for the opening game the next season. You get to go on the road to the Dallas Cowboys. you got 17 linebackers that are going to be coming after you. So congratulations, Tom. Welcome back to 2021. Yeah, that's unusual, right? I feel like usually the Super Bowl winning team gets their home game and they do often start the season or have one of the very early games in the season. So that part is not unusual, but going on the road to like a notorious road venue, no less in Jerry World down in Dallas. That's that's a big that's a big road game. I mean, not that I think Dallas is necessarily the caliber of team that Tampa Mm -hmm. is at least on paper and a lot can happen between now and then, but you know, getting Dak coming back could make that into a pretty fun matchup. I'm just not sure Dallas has anything resembling a defense right now to slow down Tampa Bay. Yeah. I I think it's going to be blitz city there to try to get to him. And I don't know that it'll pay off, but I think the quarterback back and forth is going to be interesting. Has, Has it ever paid off? Like has a team ever blitzed Brady out of a, I mean, ever maybe is too strong in the last 15 years. Has the team ever blitzed Brady out of a game? Just the last decade and a half. Yeah. Right? I mean, hey. <laughs> it won't stop them from trying, though, because if you can't produce pressure elsewhere, you're going to have to do something. I don't think there's enough defensive minds in this league to this point that believe we can be proficient in dropping eight. So going to have to come up with something. I think it'll be an interesting matchup, though, and I'm actually a, a little more intrigued to see Dak get back on the field. It sounds as though that he's progressing well enough to be out there week one. Uh, That will say quite a bit about what the Cowboys season will be if he is that starting quarterback that night. Absolutely. And this is a skill group that at this point is certainly being considered one of the top in the NFL. Ezekiel Elliott, still a very good running back in this league. CeeDee Lamb in his second year should be an exciting step forward for him with already established guys like Amari Cooper 
and Michael Gallup. When you get Dak back at quarterback, if they continue to get solid, you know, average plus offensive line play, that offense can probably hang. But Tampa, of course, did find a way to slow down Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl, given offensive line issues there. Could be a shootout either way. And I think that the NFL loves shootouts right now. And if that's what they get for the season opener on Thursday Night Football, the league office is happy. Yeah, I have to think they are as well. When we get to Sunday, that'll be the 12th of September. A couple of things stand out about the early morning slate, and that is noticeably the Pittsburgh Steelers against the Buffalo Bills. That's a game that I'll be watching for sure. And it's, I think, two teams going in opposite directions. Can Ben Roethlisberger get out there and put enough up to stay in contention? Do they have to go to the rookie running back or try to keep up with what Josh Allen, I think, is going to be even taking a, another step forward, I think, in that offense, another year with Diggs. Like, I feel like this is a point where Josh Allen could maybe surpass performance-wise Ben Roethlisberger fairly easily. Oh, yeah. I think that Ben, to me, at this point in his career, and I might be a little bit biased, but to me, this Ben Roethlisberger-led offense doesn't scare me at all. And for the Steelers, this is a team that – for the games they win, it's going to be like Ben manages the game well. He doesn't make mistakes, and he has been a mistake-prone quarterback in the last few years of his career. Uh, maybe that changes a little bit with uh, an emphasis on more quick, safe passing, which you know Ben doesn't want to get hit anymore, so that's what they're probably going to do in Pittsburgh and lean on that rookie running back, as you said. But to me, this game comes down to a bit of a litmus test, and I know you shouldn't read too much into week one, but a litmus test for Josh Allen, and is there a step here? Because Pittsburgh's defense should be very, very good. They're going to have mm -hmm. a good pass rush. They do lose a little bit at corner, so so you wonder there with Steve Nelson gone, with Mike Hilton gone, but it is a bit of a test early for Josh Allen, who gets to face a real defense, at least on paper, especially in the pass rush department, to start the league year. So I agree that is an interesting storyline to start things out. You also get Chase Young and Rashawn Slater with the Los Angeles Chargers and Washington football team. And this is another one of these games where it's defense against offense in a big, big way, maybe even more so than that Bill Steelers matchup because the Chargers are going to come in. You know, everyone's really high on Justin Herbert. To me, I, I remain skeptical that quarterback development is linear. We know it is not linear, in fact. And so against a very, very disciplined defense, at least in 2020, that has added to his defensive line that features Chase Young and Jonathan Allen and a strong secondary, cohesive secondary, a steep test for the second-year quarterback early and a big test for this revamped offensive line that they've put together to try to protect him. Yeah, I, and I think Chase Young will tell you that Slater is going to be one of the guys that he's going to be interested to see again because in college I thought he had some trouble with him. Uh, he and Lucas Niang, I think, were the two that he singled out as his toughest competition during his college career. And, hey, welcome right back into the fire. And they're not alone. Another team, that, another game that really intrigues me is the fire that Sam Darnold might bring because he gets to go right back up against his Jets in week one in one of the early matchups. Zach Wilson will be at the helm there. Um, in all intents and purposes. And I want to see what they can do with hopefully a healthy Christian McCaffrey uh, and see what Matt Rule can get done with Sam Darnold. I think this is a chance. If he can right his ship, if he can 
take a step forward out from under that cloud that was over New York, I think this might be an opportunity for Sam to at least start back on track, let's say. Oh, yeah. I mean, this they're, they're chock full of storylines in week one, at least right now. I mean, my initial reaction was like, okay, what, what are we, what are we doing here? We got Seattle Indy. I don't, I don't know what's going on here. I mean, Carson Wentz first game in Indy, but, but not much there, but, but you make a good point. Sam Darnold going against the Jets in week one. Imagine Joe Brady, Matt Rule. They, (laughs) they, they tap that potential that made Sam Darnold the coveted draft pick. And he does it against the Jets and the Jets in, in, in a form of rebuttal, Zach Wilson with actual wide receivers and maybe an offensive line. Maybe we'll see. We'll get there. Get, gets to gets to go up against him and, and maybe you get another shootout. Right. And, and maybe this isn't a, maybe not. Okay. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> or maybe but, the first one to 17 wins. I don't know. <laughs> it could, could very well be the case, but it could be an exciting quarterback matchup. Could be a dud. I don't know. We'll, we'll find out about that one. But you're right. That is an exciting little uh, former player going against his former team right away that we get in week one. I tell you what, when I look at the afternoon games, that's where I start to really, you know, I'm going to have to set the DVR for three or four different things because there's things to go on there. I, nothing against uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars and, uh, you know, their new tight end. Maybe that'll make a splash against the Texans. I don't know that that's going to draw a whole ton, but. When you have games like Green Bay versus New Orleans, Sands, Aaron Rodgers might change this, but you have two playoff contending teams, right? You get to go up against them. We'll see who the quarterback is. I, I think it's interesting to see the uh, the whole training camp, Taysom Hill, Jameis kind of thing. Let's see how that works out. Then you also have Cleveland at Kansas City, a playoff rematch from last season. I think that's going to be a lot of fun. So. Uh, new talent that I think will be on the field on both sides of that ball. And then up-and-coming Miami Dolphins against the Patriots. Can can the Dolphins do something to stake their claim as fighting with the Bills for that East? Do one of these three stand out to you, or are they all good? I think by far the best game on this schedule is Cleveland at Kansas City. The fact that it's in Kansas City might lead it to be a little bit more lopsided than it could be. Uh, on a neutral field, especially if Arrowhead is packed because it's just a very difficult place to play. The New Orleans Green Bay one, you're absolutely right. You hit the nail on the head. What quarterbacks are playing for both teams is is currently the question when we look ahead at this matchup. And the Bill Belichick disciple against Bill Belichick and the revamped New England Patriots and the slow burn of the build in Miami is Tua going to be the guy he gets a stiff test with a Bill Belichick defense right away. How about primetime games in week one? These actually um, sort of, for me, leave something to be desired. And maybe I'm alone here, and maybe I'm going to piss off some fans, but Andy Dalton primetime against the, the Matt Stafford Rams? Because I don't think we're going to get Justin Fields in week one. I guess we'll find out. But that's not really grabbing me for Sunday night football. And then you have... The Ravens, who I think will be a fun team to watch, and and the Raiders, who uh, are they going to be a fun team this year on on Monday night? I, I don't know about that one. So for me, the the prime time games Sunday Monday leave a little bit to be desired. I I'm with you on Monday night. Um, I think the most entertaining aspect of that is going to be the facial reactions of John Gruden, but that's fine. <laughs> but Sunday night, unless the McCaskies come out and say. You have three years 
I question whether it's going to be Andy Dalton, even week one for the Bears. This staff and this front office has to make good on their selection of Justin Fields ASAP, in my opinion, and I would love to see him get out there week one. It might happen. It might be a long shot, but that changes the complexion of this game completely. A storyline to watch between now and September. Coming up next, a couple international games also announced early on Wednesday. And what's with the leaks? That's where we're going to conclude today's show. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NHL has kicked off the Stanley Cup playoffs. Baseball season is in full swing. And we're a little bit over a week away from the NBA playoffs. And with the NFL schedules being fully released on Wednesday, you have all the details you need to make your extremely early bets for NFL football games. Take advantage of some of those lines you think might move a lot between now and those first weeks of the season. Either way, Bet Online has you covered. They've got real-time updated odds for all of those sports. They also have got you covered for UFC and MMA action. So head on over to Bet Online right now. Check out the news, the odds, all in one place. See what bonuses they have going on. See what their contests are currently running are. And right now, if you use promo code LOCKDOWN when you sign up, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON at betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. One other thing that we need to talk about is that the fact there's going to be overseas games and a lot of international travel has been canceled this year because of COVID and everything else. The teams are going to get to open it up and they have two slated. Not their normal slate, but they want to make sure that the NFL has international exposure. And so they're going to send a number of teams over to London. And it's all going to be October. It is on Sunday the 10th, the Jets versus the Falcons. You'll be able to see that at 9.30 a.m. on the NFL Network. And then the following week is the Dolphins against the Jaguars. I know you guys are surprised by that. But again, a 9.30 a.m. kick on CBS. I think it's great that they're able to put them back on the slate. I don't think that it's any surprise that it is East Coast teams doing the traveling. I think that's always nice, but they do like to rotate teams through. I think there's a requirement, right, that you have to play an international game every X years. That's a thing, or did I make that up entirely? No, it seems to be a rotation. I haven't seen that written out in paper, but uh, there's also the Mexico City games that have been on a rotation as well. So I I think this is going to be a quote-unquote asterisk year one more time. Uh, and then maybe they'll get back to an expanded slate in 2022. Definitely nice to get some international travel back on the schedule. For me, if I wanted to come to the United States right now, Ryan, get this. I had to go get a $375 COVID travel test in order oh. to enter the United States right now. Dang. Well, you know what? BC is beautiful. Stay home. Yeah, I guess that's the safe thing to do. Let's talk about these games a little bit. New York, Atlanta. Rookie quarterback, rookie tight end. Could have been a rookie quarterback. Could have had a a couple of rookies in this game. But unfortunately for rookie quarterback enthusiasts, it's Kyle Pitts for Atlanta. We don't need to talk a whole lot about the New York Jets here. We've already talked about Zach Wilson facing Sam Darnold. Is there anything that stands out to you about this particular matchup? You know, it really is Pitts because at this point in the season, he's got a few games under his belt. The speed has come down a little bit. He's an exemplary athlete at the position, too. So I expect while it might be a little bit of adjustment in a couple of weeks, this might be the time, depending on, on what the travel schedule is, and that you know puts extra stress on your body. 
this might be a breakout game for him. I, I look for him to really have a coming out party. This could be it. Could be it. That that is a pretty good point. The the learning curve at this point for him could be pretty well ironed out. I don't know that the Jets have one of the three men in the league that might be able to man up Kyle Pitts and the nightmare matchup that he could be for the Falcons, depending on how they use him. And I do wonder if the Falcons are going to be contending at all this year. I mean, tough division, right? But Drew Brees has retired and they return quite a skill core with Matt Ryan and they they seem to be trying to put together one last little push here. And on paper, this is a team that looks like it should be at least somewhat competitive the last few years. And they haven't been able to quite put it together. The other international game will feature Tua Tungo-Vailoa against Trevor Lawrence. And, and Trevor Lawrence's running back, Travis Etienne, both of those guys drafted in the first round by the Jaguars. For me, this game comes down to, is Jacksonville anything? Or is this just uh, Miami looking like a more competent team, a more well-put-together team at this point, a deeper roster? How far can Trevor Lawrence take this team in his rookie year? I actually see this as a bit of a risk for the NFL, to tell you the truth, because while they have a long history of the Jaguars being an international team, especially in London, that's fine. This is going to be a referendum, not only on the quarterback, like you said, but in all the decisions that go into this, particular regime how is Urban Meyer done what is this six weeks seven weeks into the season at this point and have you been able to not only protect the quarterback but have you gotten his personal protector and his buddy running back going have you been able to make any kind of uh, instance out of the rest of your offense and actually put up points there's a whole lot to this and this is a transition year for a, a, a very good college coach that if they're not on track by this and they go international and they get embarrassed the heat may turn up rather quickly. I do wonder about that. I feel like Urban Meyer, the way that he's running things down there, feels like he has a long leash. And I wonder mm -hmm. if it would tighten at all if there was some sort of international embarrassment. I mean, these games are sometimes weird games. 9.30 Eastern time start. But anytime you fly over an ocean, jet lag is a factor. It does make it better that these are... Uh, East Coast teams, but usually you're, you're starting at one o'clock, right? And for, for me, if I want to watch these games, I, I got to wake up at 630, man. Not to make this about me. This is twice I've talked about my personal experiences, but uh, that that is one wrench that always is part of the equation when we talk about these London games. And as we've been watching these schedule leaks today, you've got beat writers all around the country putting together comp complicated grids with you know, 17 teams on them. And, you know, here's the, here's the opponents for the team I cover. And this is the leaks from their team. And here's where we know the team that I cover that hasn't leaked is playing. What do you make of all the leaks today? It doesn't seem like there's any consistency across the league in keeping things under wraps until the social teams and the marketing teams get to do their own reveals in the evening. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it's just a race for any kind of click you can get during the day here, right? It's uh, it's a little bit of hubbub about nothing because there's really no drama. There will be a schedule, whether it comes out today, tomorrow, or the day before training camp. So good for them for trying to make something out of nothing. Um, but the leaks themselves just seem a lot of running around, and like you said, a lot of effort for something that will be official and in public view in just a matter of hours. 
Wait, are you saying that this isn't a primetime event that I should turn on NFL Network for an hour for and like watch commercials and get hyped about, you know, primetime games and oh, the bye weeks in week four. This is this is bull crap or oh, we got a perfect bye week in week nine this year. It's going to be smooth. I want my friends in the NFL Network to enjoy their income and get the ratings that they deserve, <laughs> but I will not be tuning in for a schedule release. Thank you. <laughs> Plenty of people will, though, and that yeah. is why we spent time in this episode talking about week one and these leaks and why it is such a crazy day for those working in NFL media. I'm excited to see what kind of social media stuff we get. We had the Los Angeles Chargers comparing their opponents this year to Pop-Tart flavors. And uh, the the ones that stood out to me, the Cleveland Browns were baked bean flavor Pop-Tarts. The Kansas City Chiefs were just some regular Pop-Tart, but with ketchup on it. Ah. The uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers were the TikTok tarts uh, because of Juju John David Smith-Schuster and his TikTok antics. So they're having fun with it. And these social departments do get creative and weird. And I do enjoy seeing some of that. I'm not going to venture any other guesses. I just want to know who has jalapenos. That's that's what I'm looking for. I feel like that that might have... I don't remember. Maybe not. There was also a cement, a cement-flavored Pop-Tart. Huh. None of these are things that I really want to try, quite frankly. <laughs> well... You don't have to, and neither do you listeners, but somebody's going to have to, and it's not going to be me. But we hope that you enjoy the schedule release and uh, get all that you can out of it. Enjoy the network coverage and get ready for your team. We have a little bit of time here until you get to see them on the field. So check out the rookie mini camps. Make sure you're in tune with all your new players. We appreciate all the time that you give us. Make sure you check out Q and Chris tomorrow. They're going to wrap up the week. We thank you for listening today. We'll talk to you next time.